Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. I'm so thankful to God for the music that we had today because nothing can separate us from the love of God. How awesome is that? Nothing. Nothing. And you know, one thing that is amazing is that the enemy is always, always, always so unhappy when he sees us just jumping and dancing and rejoicing in spite of all his obstacles trying to take that joy from us. Is, is, is our God awesome? Yes. Amen. <laughs> I think uh, tonight is... Uh, a blessed night, and I, you know, uh, it's amazing that just uh, Brother Michael said, the Holy Spirit is what? The wind. And he just, without discussion, he knew what I was going to preach today. So everything is just trusting, hoping. All our hope is in him. All our trust is in him. I just want to, uh, you know, uh, all these days when a uh, pastor was talking about relationship with God and uh, bro Brannon was talking about faith. You know, I was just praying God to give me what to speak today. And I'm sure that everyone has heard this acronym WWJD. Okay, I can speak loud because I shout to my students in the, in the big hall so they can hear. Okay, so WWJD, how many people know what that acronym means? Excellent, but today we're going to learn it in a different way because if we have to line up with what the theme of the church our, our, our congregation is, is, my definition of WWJD, the acronym will be, watch what Jesus is doing so that you can be a part. Watch what Jesus is doing so that you can be a part. Because, I'll give you a little bit of background of what WWJD. This was Something that, a word, the acronym that was used by the Catholic Church that rested on imitatio Christi. That means imitating Christ. So John Wesley, in 1766, actually focused on that acronym, WWJD, because they were looking at imitating Christ. But unfortunately, you know that everyone is not just talking about imitating Christ in its true sense. They're talking about doing works, which is not our mission. It is not our goal. Because if we are doing works, does that bring glory to God? Nope. He said he will never share his glory with anyone. So anything that we do, it has to come from the heart of love and humility. 
And that is what we want to learn. And how do we get there to have that love and humility? That's what we want to learn today. So we want to go to John 15. John chapter 15. That's where we want to start. John chapter 15 verse 5. Because it's about imitating Christ. We cannot imitate Christ if we do not hear from him. We cannot imitate Christ if we do not have a relationship with him. Because Christ said to the disciples, whatever I hear from my father, I speak. I do what my father does. I do not do anything of my own. I do what I see him do. I speak what I hear him speak. So the, main, the most important thing is for us to have a relationship with him. So let's see John 15 verse 5 says that I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This talks about a relationship. Think about it. A tree with the branches. A tree with the branches. If you cut the branch, what happens? The branch can never survive because there's no nutrient from the tree. The tree has to feed the branch for it to stay. So that's one thing that we have because we are that branch that God has created. Ephesians chapter two verse 10 says, his workmanship we are created in Christ Jesus unto good work, which he had ordained for us to walk in them. So he had already prepared us before the foundation of the world as the branches. He is the body, and we are all in there. In fact, I love because when we look at Colossians 1, it's awesome, awesome, awesome. Verses 17 and 19, when you look at those two verses, in him all things consist. And I look at it as, who is Christ? That's the fullness of God. That's who he is, the fullness of God. Verses 17 and 19, they're just the same thing because it has pleased the Father. So since he is the, the body and we are the branches, so we have to stay, trust, be in him in order to be fruitful. Because he said, without me, you can do nothing. Because he gives us the power, he enables us, and remember that the wind that we're talking about, the Holy Spirit, that is the staying power, the teacher that leads us into anything that we, we do. And if we have to have that relationship. So a strong relationship is what we're talking about here. So because the branch cannot survive without. And there's another chronome in those days that they used to use, frog, F-R-O-G. Frog, it means fully relying on God, fully relying on God, F-R-O-G, frog, fully relying on God. So WWJD, which they used to use, but, that, but what I'm relying, what I'm, I'm, I'm interpreting is watch what Jesus do. That's what, that's my own, because that's what we have to do. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, that's what we were singing. We keep our eyes on Jesus, our hope on Jesus, our trust on Jesus. If we watch, because he is the author and finisher of our faith. That's what it is. So that's what we need to do. 
fully relying on God. So, going to verse 7 of John 15, it says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So, a relationship with Christ requires faith. Remember? Because his word is talking here, if you abide in me, if you dwell, if you stay in me, and my word abide, that dwells, stays in you, then ask anything. So anything that we want to do because it is the word. And I can see in Colossians chapter 1, when, when, from verse 3, when Paul said, I'm praying for you ever since I heard of your faith. And how did they get the faith? Through the gospel that they heard. And when they, when they developed that faith, what manifested? The love that they had for the saint. So we saw that the love, the faith uh, uh, was birthed. Then the love, the love for the saint manifested. That's what we're talking about, what would Jesus do? Because you are doing it not for your own glory, but you are doing it because the faith, through the word that you've heard, that faith is being built. I mean, I, I, you see, Brandon has, has demonstrated how that is, it is going on with the three gates he's talking about. First of all, the gate of word, the gate of hearing, then the gate of faith, whereby you now can see the manifestation of the things of the Lord. So the word of God has to be in us. That's uh, Hebrews 10 verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. So if we hear the word of God and faith uh, 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 is developed and that faith drives us because anything that we do, because we believe. Not because of salvation, because salvation is, is, is a done deal, given. But faith is what that has to be developed and lead us to do the things that Christ would do. And that's, 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 very, that's very critical. So if we do that, that's when the Father is glorified because we are doing it through faith in him, not because we want people to give us accolade. I don't want any accolade from anybody. I want him to give me the accolade because if he gives me the accolade, because the word says that he who glories should glory in who? Glory in the Lord. He who glories should glory in the Lord. That's what the word, the word says. So anything that we do in the name of the Lord through humility and love, that's what matters. And so the change, so for us to bear the fruit, much fruit, because we should bear much fruit. So that fruit can only come through the faith. And that's, the, that's what matters. When the fruit comes through faith, that people see in us because when it comes, it's not something that is going to stay and live. When faith comes, because when, when, when the fruit comes, it's going to stay because it is not something that we do through flesh, but we do through the Holy Spirit. And that's why it's going to stay. And when people see us do it because we're going to do it through love and humility, and God will be pleased. So the change we experience through the relationship by him who effect the change in us by letting his word bear fruit in us glorifies the Father. I say it again. The change we experience through the relationship by him 
who effects the change in us by letting his word bear fruit in us glorifies the Father. Because when we allow, because remember, who is, who, uh, what is Christianity? Christianity, because when we're talking about Christianity, it's a change of character through a relationship with him who makes that change possible. Christ makes the change possible. So if we have a relationship with him, he makes that, he's the only one who can make that change, a change of character. It's not, it's not a religion. I, I always, when I preach, I tell people, witness to, to Muslims. They say, you don't even recognize our, our uh, I have one of my PhD students always uh, come to discuss, say, you don't recognize our uh, 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 Muhammad. I say, why should I recognize Muhammad? Who is Muhammad? He's not mentioned in the Bible. Say, yeah, Christ is mentioned in several. I say, yes, why is he mentioned in, in the Bible? Because he's the truth, the way, and the life. That's it. When I say that, I say, oh, no, 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 he's a prophet. Say, that, you see, that's, that's, that's what you're saying. Because for me, he came, he died, he rose again. Without that resurrection, there'll be no Christianity. That's right. So when I say, when every time I say that, because I know that, that's who he is. So that's the difference. So when we have a relationship with him, he makes that change possible. And when that change is made, the faith in us grows. And when that faith grows, anything that we do because of that belief, that faith that is going to manifest and people will see and glory will go to the Father. Because that's what he says, that we, everything that we do, we do in honor of him, he will be glorified. So, you see, what makes it possible for us to have a relationship with God? Let's see verse, verse 9 of that. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. That's what I was saying that tonight. All the songs, that you see the, the Holy Spirit that was just bringing it on so that this is what we're talking about, the love of God, the faith, faithfulness, the trust, and the hope. So that's basically what we have. So we abide in his love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandment and abide in his love. So abiding in his love is a relationship that enables us to be conscious of his love for us. When we feel his love, we will be completely carried away. It will spark the meditation of his words all day long because we will be thinking of him. That will then lead to keeping his commandment of love just the way he loves us. So that's basically what it is. If we abide in his love, that's a relationship that will just make it possible. Because when we know the love of the Father, because we know that he loves us, he, may, he, he says he loves us. We see in uh, uh, um, 1 John, no, 3 John uh, uh, 3 verse 2, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God? What manner of love? 3 John verse 2, what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God? What manner of love? That's, he loves us. If we know, if we realize how much he cares, how much he loves us, then the enemy can never. Think about this. 
Lamentation chapter, chapter 3, verse 20, uh, uh, 23 says that, by his mercy, we are not consumed because his compassion, as his love, felt not. His faithfulness endures forever. So by his, by his mercy, we are not consumed because his compassions felt not. His faithfulness is that his faithfulness are new every morning. And the word of God says, uh, says that every day he loads us with benefit. Every blessed day is a new one. You know, when I wake up in the morning, every morning, the f what do I do in the first, the first thing I do in the morning is just to go and find me some hot water to drink. After drinking that, then I go sit, in the, uh, sit and do the word of God. After the word of God, next I go to exercise. And that's, what, that's the routine every day. So you see that it goes back to the word of God, that every day we have a new, the package that he has for us because his faithfulness, they are new every morning. Every day it is new. Every day he loads us with new. It doesn't matter because you had yesterday. Today is a new day. Today is completely. That's why when you wake up in the morning, Psalm 118 verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's it, because yesterday is gone. Today is real. As I always tell people, say, today is cash. Yesterday is a canceled note. Tomorrow is a promissory note. You may get it or may not, but today is the cash. Use the cash to buy what you want to buy. Very, very important. So because today can make a lot of difference. So we have to recognize the love of the Father. He loves us. He cares. And you know, if you, if you, if you are like me, dwell, uh, still meditating on Colossians 1, I don't know about because pastor gave everyone assignment last Sunday. If you still dwell on Colossians 1, as I do, because he said that he has qualified us, the Father. So think about this. He has qualified us. What did we do for him to qualify us? Nothing. Just his love has qualified us to be part of his inheritance with the saint. It's so, it's so awesome that when I look at it, I say, wow, Father, thank you. That's the love. So if we abide in his love, if we know what it is to abide in God's love, let's go back to Psalm 91. Verse 1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's his love. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. So when that, so think about it, because we're talking about trust today. We're talking about abiding in his love. We're talking about having a relationship with him so that we can do what he would, so that he will have preeminence on all things. That's what Paul says in Colossians 1. I love that. Because when we do for him to have preeminence in all things, what does that mean? We are fully relying on him. When we fully rely on him, Everything that he says, we believe. 
In fact, this morning I was just thinking, when I look at the mirror, I remember what we learned in physics about spherical aberration. Because when you look at the mirror, you use your right hand to do something. It seems as though you are using your left hand, isn't it? So that means I can never see my true self. I can never see my true self. The only one who sees me, who I am, is he who created me. That's all. So I should rely on him fully. And what he says, I am, that's who I am. And I should believe him. And I should just say that that's what my father says. He loves me. He cares. And I know that. He's my shepherd, as Psalm 23 verse 1 says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Oh, I love that. He restores my soul. Remember, if somebody has an accident on a car, to repair that car to be as useful as the original. Is that possible? But when God restores, what, what happens? Is better than the original. Amen? So, the commandment that he has for us is just to love one another. That's all that we have. Because if we can only love one another if we know his love. We cannot love the way he loves unless we know how he loves. If we have a relationship with him, he will show us how to love. And we will be able to love exactly the way he loves. So, abiding, that's the relationship in him, brings about a change of character that leads to bearing more fruit. That's one of, one of the fruits that we're talking about here is love. Through faith in hearing his word, which leads to abiding in his love. So what does love mean? Let's go to the Hall of Fame, or Hall, Hall of uh, Love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8. That's what we're looking at now. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's what love is. So the only way that we can love as he, as his, he loves is for us to abide in his love. And when we abide in his love, we can love the way he loves. When we know the love of the Father, that can rub off on us. Then we can love the way he loves. And we can do whatever that he wants us to do because it's all about obedience. Our eyes are on him because it is well. It is well with me. Whatever it is, my eyes are on you. That's what we say. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat said, look, God, we've seen these people, the people from Moab, Mansia, and uh, other, other tribe coming to us to fight against us. That multitude is so large. We don't even have the power. We don't have the energy. We cannot do anything. But our eyes are on, on you. So when we completely surrender to him, it makes a lot of difference. 
And that's when he is glorified. Because in and, uh, Psalm, 15 verse, uh, Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call to me in the day of trouble. I will answer you. And you will do what? Glorify me. So he wants his glory. And anything that we do to bring him glory, he is pleased. He is pleased. And that's what we should do. That's what we should do. Psalm 50 verse 15. Yep. Call to me in the, in the, in the day of trouble. I will answer you. And you'll glorify me. That's what we do. So our eyes, when our eyes are on him, that makes a lot of difference. When we completely rely on him, that makes a difference. And the only way that we can do that is to realize how much he loves us, how much he cares, how much he loves and how much he cares. Because he is a father who does everything to make us who he created us to be. Because he created us to love us. He created us to be in his family. He created us for his pleasure. That's it. So that's who he is, our father. So when we look at him and say, our father, we should always trust, believing whatever he says, that knowing that he loves us so dearly. And of course, you know that the enemy doesn't want to hear that. The enemy always wants to say, okay, yep, remember what you did? Don't you remember what you did? Uh, 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 you think that, oh, that, that you, you are forgiven? You cannot be forgiven. You cannot. You have to. So, but unfortunately for the enemy, we have to rejoice in him because when you rejoice, the enemy is not happy and he will continue to be unhappy. Remember the work that we have to do here. He gave us the authority to do what? To destroy the work of the enemy. <laughs> Amen? That's what we have to do, destroy the work of the enemy. So, but for us to love fully, for us to love fully, because one, the relationship that it requires from us is for us to be in him so that we can bear more fruit, and to be, that, to, to be in him means that we have to realize how much he loves us. And to know how much he loves us, we have to know what love means. Because love does not keep count of wrongdoings. Love is patient. Definitely. No matter what somebody does, we have to forgive. After all, what did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. Imagine somebody being beaten. Beaten to that extent, he did not do anything wrong. He took our shame. He took everything, the suffering that we, could, we, we, could have, we, we should have suffered. He took our sins in exchange for his righteousness. And today, we can say from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, so that we might become what? His righteousness. So we are the righteousness of, of, of God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are, and that's what, who he says we are. So we have to believe that. So because of that, because we did not have to pay anything, it did not cost us anything. The only thing it cost us, what does it cost us? Obedience. That's all. That's all that we have to do, change our ways. Say, okay, God, I surrender. That's all. Just give up. And what could make us surrender? Humility. Remember what happened to the, to the prodigal son? 
If he did not turn around, change his ways, he would never have, en he would never have enjoyed what he enjoyed. Because remember how loving the father is. In spite of all the wrong things that he, was, he did, he squandered everything that he had. But when he realized that there was something better than what he had at that moment, he said, wow, I have to go back to my father. Even if I am a servant in his house, I will be better off than staying here. And that's what the psalmist psalm says, Better, better one day in God's, uh, better to be a doorkeeper in God's house than to, 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 to share with the wicked. That's, that's exactly what it is. So humility was the key thing. So everyone must be humble in order because he receives who? The word of God says that the father resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So we definitely have to be in the way that Christ was. The word of God says that in Philippians 2 verse, verse 8, says that, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death of a cross. So we should follow suit. That what we, uh, what we do is not out of obligation, but act of obedience. As the word says in Romans 12, verse 3, let nothing be done through strife, or this one says uh, through self-ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out, not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. See, we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, love, compassion. Love and compassion. I remember <coughs> when <coughs> Christ, uh, Christ was feeding the 5,000. It was out of love. Because when he asked the disciples, or disciples said to, uh, uh, Master, Send these people away. He said, no. Do you have anything? No, 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 no. How much, how much do you think we're going to use to feed them? Let them sit down. How, what do you have? So few uh, uh, loaves and few, uh, few, uh, few fishes. Bring it. Because what did he say? He showed compassion to them because he did not want any one of them to feel. Because he said, perhaps they might be fainting on the way while going into the city to find food. Because they've been here. Because he said, they've been here with us a long time. That's the mind that Christ had. Compassion. He did not look at them and say, okay, yep, uh, where are you from? Where are you from? No, he did not say that. He said, he, he took care of them. That act of love. And the book of James says that if you, have, if, if, if you say peace unto somebody when that person needs food, of what use is that to that person? That's not Christian. That's, that's not Christianity. So the mind of Christ we're talking about here, that is when we're talking about 
what would Jesus do? We have to first watch what Jesus does because he's compassionate. Jesus is loving. Those are the two attributes that when you look at it, there's absolutely no one. And when he speaks, he speaks with authority. He speaks with authority because when he was on earth, he was never at, 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 at hate with the poor, the rejected. Those are the ones that he actually loved the most. Think about that woman who was, commit, who, who was caught in the act of adultery. They brought her to, 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 to Christ. Say, this woman is caught on the very act. <laughs> then he said, okay, if you have never committed sin, be the first one to throw the stone. What happened? All gone. Then he, when he lifted up his eyes, he said, where are your accusers? They are gone. So no one condemned you? Say, no, neither do I. But go and do what? Sin no more. What about Zacchaeus that we heard the other day that P, uh, 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 PJ talked about? Zacchaeus was the worst human being you can ever imagine as far as our own judgment is concerned. But what did he say? He is also the son of Abraham. Salvation has come to your house today. That's it. That's Christ. And that's the mind that we all should have. And that's what Jesus would do. Instead of judging, we love. Instead of, because he never judged any one of them. It was only those, the righteous people, like that man who said, oh, the uh, uh, good teacher, because he was saying good teacher in that he was paralleling himself to be the same, at the same level with Christ because he thought he was so good. So when he said good teacher, he was saying just, he was expecting to get a pat on the back. Say, yeah, yes, I'm also a good teacher. He said, say, go and sell all what you have, and then you'll be fit to come and walk with me. He was sorrowful. Because he said he had done everything. Everything, I've kept all the commandments. But he, didn't ha he did not have simple humility. That's what robbed him of the kingdom. He did not have the humility. Because if he had had the humility, he would have listened to Christ and said, okay, maybe I can try this way. I've done the other way. Maybe I should do this way. So, brethren, the word of God that we have, remember, it is alive. It is alive that we have to, in order to do what Christ wants us to do, or what, what he wants us to do, we first of all have to abide in him. A relationship is number one. We must have a relationship with Christ. That is the only way that we can overcome anything. And I still go back to, 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 to uh, Colossians 1. The last verse says that because we have to be grounded. We have to stand and, 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 to be grounded. Anything that we do, we can never forget the word of God because the word of God is the only thing that can cleanse a person. That's what Psalm 119 verse 9 says. What can cleanse a young man's way? By taking it according to the word of God. So the only way that we can imagine 
doing what he would do is for us to watch what Jesus does. Amen? Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.